Good morning, everybody. How are you today? We good? Good, man. I, uh, it's good to be with you. I was really sick this week, and um, so I'm trying to get my strength back a little bit. And so I'm going to sit here right on this stool, and we're just going to talk today. Is that okay with you? My main goal is to not die up here today. So, and I'm trying not to spit on anybody in the front row, although you are sitting in the splash zone. You are voluntarily. All right, I want to begin by reading a passage today that um, we've read every week in this series, and this is a little bit different translations, New Living Translations, what I like to read. Philippians 2, 5 through 11, six verses. Here we go. Don't fall asleep. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor, gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God to the Father." So we have been in this series uh, on the book of Philippians, and today we are in chapter three, and I've been encouraging you guys uh, on your own time to read through the book of Philippians. Very easy read, four chapters. You can read one a week. I won't make you raise your hand or anything, but I really want to encourage you, man. Like, you got to read the scripture on your own, you know? You got to dig into the Bible. And it's really easy nowadays with like a Bible app, they'll send you a verse, like a text message, they'll read it for you. You just push a button, it'll, it'll read it for you. Uh, and so it's really easy to do that. But you know, because the, the church is never going to be able to give you like everything you need to, to grow in your faith the way that you want to grow. You know that? Like the church's job is to equip and encourage you to do the work on your own. <laughs> and uh, a lot of times in the Bible, um, the, the, the Bible refers to pastors as shepherds and a shepherd can lead a sheep to clear water and can lead a sheep to green grass, but that sheep got to open its mouth and eat, eat itself, you know, otherwise it's going to starve. And so you got to do some work yourself. You got to make sure that you're reading the Bible yourself. Uh, Bryce is not going to be in the corner of your living room singing worship songs as your marriage is blown up, you know. Guys are fighting at each other. I hate you. And Bryce says, your love never fails. It never gives, you know. You are my first love, you know. Chase is never gonna be there to remind you to be generous when your adult child is making dumb decisions. But Christ is and the word of God is. So it's much more valuable to do it that way. And believe it or not, that's all relative, uh, relevant uh, to today because we're gonna talk about knowing God, the power of knowing God, and how we know God, okay? Uh, And so Paul is writing to the church of Philippi, and he's writing to his friend Lydia, the woman that started and is leading the church of Philippi. And uh, he's basically got one message for him. Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. And I love in chapter three, because he opens up and says, I hope you don't mind that I just repeat myself in all of my letters, that I just say the same thing over and over again. And I've never felt more seen and known than when he said that because that's how I feel. You know, I feel like I only have one message. Be like Jesus. Let's just be like 
Christ. But uh, he, he gets really specific in chapter two about the characteristic of Jesus that he wants us to embody. And that characteristic is servanthood. It's being a servant. It's serving other people emotionally, spiritually, practically, financially. Serve them with our words, our actions, our love, our money. Just serve people. Just serve them. Be humble and serve other people any way that you can. And so we've said it every week. I'm gonna make you say it again. Everybody say, I am a servant. servant. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am a servant. Oh my gosh, that was so weak. I'm the one who's not doing well. You're fine. Turn to the other neighbor that you ignored the first time and say, I am a servant. Thank you. (laughs) I taught last week, you know, that that statement is true. It's true. You may not feel like it. You may not think like it. You may not live like it at times, but that statement is true because of the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have the gift of being a servant. Don't ever say, I don't have the gift of being a servant. Yes, you do have the gift of being a servant because you have the gift of the Holy Spirit in you. So you can do that. And so we say it, we proclaim it, we believe it, even if it just kind of squeaks out, even if it's just a whisper. We say it until we're strong enough to shout it and really believe. You know, I was putting my little girl to sleep last night and um, she's four and we are working on going to sleep by ourselves and staying in our room at night. Hello, anybody, parents, yes. Wake up in the middle of the night with a foot in your temple and it's like, what the, what happened? So we're working on that and she said to me, she said, I'm scared. We did our bedtime routine, you know, it's, it's brush teeth and book and prayer and tuck, tuck, tuck and five kisses on the face and it's this whole deal, right? And so I said, okay, good night. And she said, I'm scared. And I said, okay, it's okay to be scared, but you're also brave. And she said, no, I'm not brave. I said, yes, you are brave. I said, say I'm brave. And she said, I can't say I'm brave. And I said, okay, then whisper it in my ear as quietly as you can. She said, I'm brave. And I said, yes, you are. You know, a lot of times when it comes to our identity in Christ and, and the true things that God says about us, we, because we can't shout it, because we feel like we don't believe it, because we feel like we can't sing it, we don't say it at all. But what if we just started with a whisper? I am loved. I am enough. I am worthy. And let's let God bend his ear down and go, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Until we get to a place where we feel like we can shout it. I am loved. I am enough. I am worthy. And so we say, I am a servant. And so that gift manifests in our life. It becomes evident and as a product of our lives Uh, but that doesn't mean it's easy, right? There's a lot of hard work to be done. Paul says that. He says there's a lot of hard work in being like Christ. We kind of have to work at that salvation coming to life in in our lives. And we don't want to just represent Jesus. We want to imitate Jesus. We're not just representing him. We're trying to imitate him. That's the whole idea of a disciple, is you're trying to imitate your master. There was lots of lots of, uh, Jesus was considered a rabbi. Uh, He was called a rabbi. There was lots of rabbis in Jesus's day and they all had disciples. 
And it was really important which rabbi you chose to follow because you were trying to be just like that rabbi. You were trying to walk like them, talk like them, sleep like them, eat like them. You wanted to be exactly like that rabbi. And so the question, it begs the question for us, you know, who is our rabbi? Because when Jesus calls us disciples, it's more than just knowing about God. He's calling us to become like Jesus. So who is your rabbi? What is your rabbi? What are you shaping your life after? What, what, is it, what are you allowing to, to mold your beliefs and your lifestyle and your character and your decisions in life? Paul says in Philippians 3, he says that if it's anything other than the person of Jesus, then it's crap. That's what he said. And he didn't say crap. He said another word, a bad word, a word that you probably say all the time, but I'm not allowed to say it because I'm on stage with a microphone. I like my job. But he said it's crap. He said, anything other than knowing Christ, look, I'll read it for you. We're gonna read a lot of scripture today. Philippians 3, seven through 11. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else in counting it all garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Garbage, that was, that's the word that he used. So the first thing I want you to see about that is that he's saying that the only thing he finds, the, the, the most valuable thing for him in his life is knowing Christ. Everything else seems like garbage. The, the most valuable thing is knowing Jesus intimately as Bryce was talking about just a few minutes Later, and that word knowing is such a bad translation because uh, it's actually the word gnosko. Everybody say gnosko. It's a cool word, fun word. Name your kid gnosko and call him Gino. You can let me know. Thanks, I thought it was funny too. Gnosko. Paul says that the only thing that has value to him is gnosko Christ. And that word means to be so intertwined with who Jesus is that you're like one. It's actually the same word that's used in the Greek when describing a couple who's intimate. You gnosko your, your spouse. And so again, this isn't just about knowing about Jesus. It's about being like Jesus, living your life intimately and imitating him. He says, listen, everything else is trash. Everything else is garbage. Uh, garbage, anything else this world has to offer compared to knowing Jesus is garbage. He says before in the passage, very boastfully, he says, if anyone understands fame and success and wealth, it's me. He was the man in religious circles. And what's interesting is a lot of times we, we hear that passage and we go, uh, anything other than knowing Christ is trash. And we all shake our heads and we go, yeah, 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 that's true. This world is a terrible place and and uh, you know, uh, money and drugs and alcohol and bad relationships aren't ever gonna make you happy. That's not what Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about religion and legalism and politics 
and social status and comforts of life, things that he thought were good things when he was doing them. And he says, when I really got to know Jesus, it's trash. I know that sounds so harsh. It's what Paul is saying. It's like that, that having a great church and good money and a comfortable life, you, if you were the president of the United States, if you were the pastor of all pastors, it is nothing compared to knowing Jesus intimately and allowing Jesus to be your rabbi to shape and mold your life after. And so the question that I get to whenever I, you, know, you get to how powerful it is to know God and how important that is, the question I get to is, well, then how do we gnosko Jesus? How do we know him intimately like that? Well, there's, there's obviously a lot of different ways, right? I mean, reading his word, um, spending time listening to him, coming here and getting an encouraging word, worshiping together, uh, recognizing him in the simple things. But Paul, Paul kind of shows us one trick to really knowing Jesus, really knowing him. So he says this in Philippians 12 through 14. He says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things, knowing Christ Jesus fully, or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And so what Paul is saying is you really wanna know God. You wanna, you wanna gnosko him then focus on the same things that Jesus was focusing on. Loving people, serving people, focus on others. He says, I'm not perfect, I'm not perfect, but I'm staying focused on the right things. I'm not perfect, but I'm making progress, right? I'm not perfect, but I'm focused on the things that Jesus was focused on. I'm not perfect, but I've got my eyes fixed on him. See, I, I love that, that I'm not perfect, but I'm making progress is what he says. Because the goal is not perfection, the goal is progress. The goal is, not, I may not be where I, where I wanna be, but I'm not where I used to be. That's something to celebrate. I mean, how powerful would it be if that just became the mantra to your life? How freeing would that be? I'm not where I wanna be, but I'm not where I used to be, and that's something to celebrate. Progress, I feel like that's just a word for somebody, man. The goal is not perfection, it's progress. Stop worrying about being perfect. See, a lot of times we say stuff like, we say things like, well, I just like things a certain way. <laughs> or I like things to be excellent. Well, maybe, maybe, or maybe you're just trying to be perfect when there was only one perfect person that's ever walked this planet. And our, our, if we don't see Jesus as the only perfecter of our faith, then it leads to us feeling like we are capable of being perfect, which leads to entitlement, we talked about this last week, leads to complaining, which leads to us not being able to focus on the things that Jesus focused on. The only way for us to begin to shift our mindset is for us to understand the best that we can be 
is someone who is making progress in the right areas and focused on the right things. Just making progress in the right areas and focus on the right things. And when we focus on the same things that Jesus was focused on, loving people, serving people, washing people's feet, being the last in line, including others, showing mercy and kindness to everyone, that's when you begin to gnosko Jesus. That's when you begin to know God is when your heart begins to align with him. You begin to focus on the same things that he was focused on, loving God and, and loving people. If you, ever come to, I, if you ever come to me and say, I don't feel close to God, I have that conversation all the time with people, hear that all the time. I don't feel close to God. You know what I'm gonna tell you? Go serve somebody. Go make somebody else feel fully known and fully loved. Go make somebody else feel seen. Take the focus off of yourself. Focus on somebody else. I promise you if you do that, you will never feel more closer to God. Turn the focus on serving somebody else. Because when you do that, you are aligning your heart with Jesus. You're focusing on the same things that Jesus is focusing on. And it will be the greatest joy of your life and everything else will seem like garbage. And I know that that principle is true because I see it in my marriage. See, my marriage, me and Alex are very different. We're very different people. And um, I have different personalities and different love languages. And she wants quality time. I just want her to pat me on the head and tell me I'm a good boy, you know. Tell me how awesome I am. Words of affirmation. Uh, and we can disagree all the time. We disagree on whether we're watching a stupid Hallmark movie or Sunday night football, you know. But when we align our focus and we're focused on accomplishing the same goal, we are inseparable in unity. We are unstoppable. Whether it's, it's trying to get our kids to sleep in their own beds or whether it's a house project or whether it's a big goal that we have for our family, when we're focused on the same things, we are in harmony, we're in step with one another, we're, we're tight, we're close. And that's exactly what Paul is saying that it is with God. Man, when you're focusing on the same things that God is focusing on, you got your eyes fixed on him, you're, you have the same goals that Jesus had, then that's when you begin to gnosko. Progress is what he says. It's progress. Right? Not perfection. It's just that we're making progress in that area. Let me finish with this, this and the band can go ahead and come on back out and then I want, I want to read this last, last verse for you. It says, Philippians 3.15, uh, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you but we must hold on to the progress we already have. I love that line so much. God will make it plain to them. If you disagree with somebody, God will make it plain to them. You don't have to make it plain to them. It's not your job to make it plain to them. God will make it plain to them. You just focus on your progress. You focus on your end goals. You focus on staying focused. Don't worry about them. God will make a plain to them. <laughs> That's a whole nother message, man. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before 
and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. Here it is right here. They only think about life here on earth, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. I mean, he's basically saying, listen, some people are gonna be boneheads in your life. Some people are gonna be idiots and they're gonna make terrible decisions. But you, you don't worry about them. You worry about making progress. You worry about staying focused. Why? Because you're a citizen of the kingdom. Above all else, you're a citizen of the kingdom. Above your earthly citizenship, above your job title, above your title at home, above your reputation, you are a citizen of heaven. So keep the main thing the main thing. Stay focused on what really matters and begin to gnosko Jesus. And all along the way, he will bless you, he will keep you, he will be with you, he will work on your behalf. Let's pray together. God, I'm so grateful that we serve a God that we can get to know personally and intimately. And so God, I just pray that you would help us stay focused on the right things. God, so grateful, so grateful for you, your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.